Hey, welcome to Talking In Stations. It is Matterall, not Muterall, and uh, it is July 2nd, 2021. Today we're going to talk about Marauders and some proposed changes that appeared on, well, they leaked out, really. So we'll get to those. We're also going to talk about some sales and uh, the proving grounds and what's going on there. Then we'll get into some player news as well. So joining me today is Abby Rova. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday night to everyone, including Ronald. That's right. Hateless is here, as you can see. Looking good. Hello, guys. Happy Friday. Ren is here. Hello. And of course, Shen from Army of Mangoes in Esoteria. How are you doing, Shen? Doing well. Hello, hello. All right, good. Let's go to this first piece of news here. Uh, Shen, take us through this bundle. So this bundle is 1.5 million skill point. Uh, you can purchase off the EVE website with real money, real cash, uh, not disk. And right now they're doing a 10% off uh, for that pack. So it lasts for three days and 10 more hours as of recording right now. So it was $39.99 and then ran $35.99. So it's a little extra for 4th of July, I guess. Can I ask a question? Can I buy more than one on a single account? No, I believe it's limited to one per account. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Actually, this is interesting because the negative 10%, we haven't seen that before. We've seen this for 40 bucks before, but not for you know 10% less. Tells me that they want to incentivize people to buy it. Why would they do that? Do they need people to jump into the game? Does this do anything to help the PCU, for instance? Uh, it's more like... <laughs> when you want to cash in extra skill points to get faster on your training plan, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just buy it out. Well, somebody pointed out, they're like, hey, the elephant in the room is that skill injectors haven't really sold in months. They keep declining, even though if you look at Plex prices, Plex prices have uh, kind of rebounded and gone back up. And so you would think that the skill injector would also go back up. To which I told him there's a lot of factors there. One is it's a passive income, which is profitable still, I believe. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be d done anymore. Uh, so you Well, hold on on that thought. Yeah. Um, so people offset their Omega costs with skill farming. So if the community gets to a point where more people, there are more people that uh, have more skill points than they need, Skill point farming will not be profitable as people will offset their costs of being Omega rather than seeing it as a passive income source. When it crosses that line of being profitable, all of the farms wake up and start farming. Uh, but when it's not profitable, people will use it as an offset rather than as uh, a farm. Uh, and depending on where it is on that line, I will see different things happen. But skill point farming in general, at least in my opinion, isn't healthy for the game. Uh, so seeing it not being profitable is where I would like to see it personally, but that's my opinion. We're going into opinion, not fact, but the fact of the matter is mm -hmm. uh, if it is profitable, a bunch of farms wake up and start farming skill points. Well, they start selling. It's it's really like agriculture, right? You you raise these trees, you buy a bunch of water, and water is expensive, so you have to put it under the trees and let them grow the skills, let these characters grow the skills. And then, unlike real farming where you have to harvest at a certain time and point and you're subject to whatever market forces are present 
In other words, is there shortages? Did your competitors get killed by floods or drought? Does that, you know, that would help your prices and stuff. Instead of having those kinds of realities where you just have to sell at a certain point, you can actually hold on to your fruit. Say you're doing fruit trees. And then you could hold on to that for six months longer than you want to. And then you could release them when it's uh, profitable, I guess. Um, I'm not sure. Go ahead. I was going to say, first of all, that's a delicious analogy. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is... uh, also, this is not subject to the diminishing returns that skill injectors uh, will be subject to. So when you buy this for one, this 1.5 million skill points, it is 1.5 million skill points. It's not like having transferable for not transferable. Yeah, but it's not like yeah, it's not. But it's um a. This is aimed 000. at not brand new players. This is aimed at players yeah. that have been around for a while. It's probably more effective for a new player that's arrived to 20 million skill points to just buy Plex and then buy skill injectors and inject um, for $40. I, I haven't done the math, but for a pilot that's at 85 plus million skill points, this is way better than buying skill injectors. Okay. I get CCP some cash. Let's straighten this out because I took us down a road and then we're back at the original road. And I want to just make sure that people understand the difference here. So this pack here that goes on sale, good for veteran players because it bypasses your neck, you know, a skill injector will give you hardly anything if you're an experienced player. So this is aimed at veteran players. And what I was saying was, are they re-incentivizing it with 10% less to get those veterans back into the game, investing in something for the future? And I wonder if that's related to to what we think are uh, PCU softness, basically, where we don't see a lot of players online. The other thing that we were talking about was about PCU. This is a separate issue. A lot of players... So, well, clarify, what does PCU mean? I haven't heard that term yet. Player, uh, player, concurrent player count. See, is it? It's player concurrent uh, unit, I guess, or whatever. So it basically means at one moment, what was the most amount of people that were in the game? That's it. Okay. So it could mean, and I've given this example before, a thousand people are playing EVE Online. If they all play at the same time, the PCU is a thousand because they all came in and they're all in the game at one time. So that's a high number and it looks good. But if those thousand players all play at different times, the uh, CPU, the PCU may not go above 10 because one comes in and then leaves and then another one comes in and leaves and it just looks like there's 10 people playing the game, even though there's a thousand people that stopped in that day. So CCP doesn't even look at this number like we look at it. It's the only thing that we look at. But they have stuff that's like a daily active user or a monthly active user, and that's what their trend lines are based on. So they see 1,000 people. We may not see 1,000 people. We may see 10 people. We may see 1,000 people. It just depends if they all log in at the same time. That's what that is. So there, there is a big negative to sales like this, uh, having... Uh, skill points that can be directly bought. Um, the fact of the matter, I'm got to stop saying that. The fact of the matter, I, I got to stop saying that line. Anyways, uh, when you purchase skill points and they are just basically wisped into the game, it's a asset or commodity that is introduced in the game with no effort given by players. And every single other thing in the game that is valuable. Uh, aside from Plex, because Plex has value because it gives us Omega time, so that's its value. Um, it has value because players have to work for it in some way, and skill points are not unlike that. 
Uh, in order to acquire skill points, you need to either accrue, uh, if you're alpha, you need to accrue daily alpha injectors, which is an isync, uh, although they are wisp out of thin air, but it, it, it consumes isk. Um, and then by consuming uh, plex to make, uh, to make skill points, it consumes something. It takes time, it takes effort, and that adds value to skill points. Every time that they do something like this, where they're introducing something in the game that is by cash uh and then just put something into the game so say for example if you could buy say a marauder for 20 bucks if you were to be able to buy a marauder hold the community would flip out because everything in evil online can be built by players and should be built by players out of thin air should not exist uh and that is what drives our community that makes our community continue to uh roll forward and thrive and live and if we can if if we keep on doing things like this and this becomes a trend then our value and our effort as a player building stuff and uh, creating things would be diminished. And that is the the dark side of this. Uh, it, it's it's nice. It's a nice little treat. But having things out of thin air without effort is bad for the game. If that makes sense. All right. We'll go around the table in a second. Now, there's a second road that we went down that I want to separate out. We'll come back to this. Is this good for the game or bad for the game? These kinds of sales. And that was the, the PCU, which is peak concurrent uh, users. Thank you very much for that, uh, Elder. And that number seems to be trending down because of summer and because of post-COVID summer, which means people don't want to sit at a computer if they don't have to right now. And so what what we're seeing is a lot of people get nervous about that number that looks, you know, it looks bad on trendline. Looks like less people are playing EVE online, which is maybe true. It may actually not be true. We don't know. The uh, the guy that I was talking to said, well, look, nobody's buying skills, which means they're not really hoping to get into anything. Therefore, people are actually probably leaving the game. But there's a lot of things that play into that. And I just wanted to list a few. So when you look at numbers for skill injectors not selling as well or going up in price, that could be because farmers are unloading them because they need the cash. That could be because uh, where people would use uh, injectors to skill into things to be able to try something could have been replaced by the uh, expertise system, which is brand new. Also, um, there's all sorts of different reasons why the uh, skill injectors may actually not be, um, you know, there's no feature that you need to skill into in order to uh, buy up those skill injectors. So uh, they're just not closely correlated. And that's the point that I wanted to get across. The larger point is here it is for advanced players to get 1.5 million SP for actual cash. And uh, Hateless is like, yeah, that's not a good idea. What do you guys think about that? Uh, to that point, like right now with the scarcity thing, uh, basically it's harder and harder to get into let's say, a capital or super capital. And capital and super capital require a completely different set of skills to, to begin with. So basically there's less demand on that side as well. Good point. Yeah, all those ca- jump calibration skills and... J- yeah, not not even ship skills, just skills that go with using a capital drive. Anyone else on this? I think I'd rather buy my skills from CCP with cash. If I want a 1.5 million bump, then skill farming and the ridiculous economy that is skill extracting and injecting and mass training alphas and then buying a plex and just all that messiness. I mean, and uh, 
Yes, at, at points in time, I think, you know, it can be worth it. And then CCP can introduce an event that gives away a load of skill points and then it kind of like makes it not worth it. And then, um, I mean, you know, people often use those uh, accounts, not just for the skill farming aspect, but like PI, um, putting PI offs in there or uh, in other industry research reactions. Mm-hmm. Let me, but uh, I, go ahead. you know, I, I just think that like, it's, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, and I'm, I'm not like, oh my god, CCP is selling skill points. But I think I'd rather get them from CCP than the, the skill farming economy and what it's become. And all right, let me bring in this question from Wormius, who says, "Selling is selling skill points seems like death throws, and that is what we're trying to address here." What do you guys think of that? So I, I, I do want to add one more point to my line of thought, and I may be, uh, I may have overstepped previously, and I just, just realized this, but a skill point farm is CCP collecting money over time to make skill points because the player buys the Plex, which, or, or acquires the Plex somehow, but the Plex costs money, then generates the skill points from the Plex, and then turns it into a skill injector. You consume skill injector. At the end of the day, it's just a shortened version of that, uh, having these being for cash. Uh, still, the, the having the community and the, the effort involved, I, I feel is important, but I'm not sure how important exactly that is in this scenario. Yeah. So Eveton says people have been in conservation mode since scarcity hit and don't have the disposable ISK to buy injectors. I think he's on to something there, but... I don't know if it's just they don't have the income. I think they're all waiting and seeing, uh, not not necessarily knowing what direction to invest in. You see that whenever there's a big change in EVE Online that's fundamental, you'll see this real slowdown of certain indicators, one of those being skill injectors. Those are rather new, but ISK was a big uh, indicator before. SOV and who was taking over what? Huge indicator before. Before big SOV changes, there were very few big fights. Everybody slowed down and said, we're going to wait to see how this shakes out. I think we're in that sort of a phase right now. That's why you're not seeing capitals really go at it against each other, because they're they're holding on to their capitals, which are now much more expensive to build, to kind of slow down and figure out, like, where is this going to settle out before they really start making those risky uh, maneuvers? I took my capital character and um, started cross-training into other useful ships because I was just like, F this, I kind of don't want to fly capital anymore, like Dread and Carriers. Why not? Uh, The cost of them, the hassle of moving them, the target of them, it's just not worth it. I'm just going to take that tune and like now it's, you know, there's more fun things you can do. I'd rather fly a Marauder or a Blops now than fly a Dread or or a Carrier or something. All right, cool. I, we'll get to Marauder in just a second. Before we get there, though, you just transitioned us. We'll go to uh, Proving Grounds. Shen, this is uh, is this something you're familiar with? Destroyers return. Yeah. So right now it's two v two destroyers. So they're all from all four factions, all eight of them, uh, plus the Sunnisis, which is from the Job Society. Uh, so the event is running from today, uh, July 2nd to July 6th. And yeah, it's basically all modules limited to meta 5 and below, basically T2 and below, and no pirate implants allowed. Standard stuff for all proving grounds. Hmm. 
I don't think it's Jovian. What is it? What did you say? Sinesis came from Jovian. Soci- Jovian so- society or, jo- or society of conscious thought. That's it. Something yeah. like that. So, so society of conscious thought, which is a, a corp or it's a, it's a group that is friendly towards Jovian uh, race, but not part of it. Okay. So thank you for that. More proving grounds should check that out if you can. Now, Abby uh, talked about bastion changes to the Marauder, and uh, we have some Marauder guys here to talk us through what's going on. So what's going on? Actually, Shen, why don't you introduce this? What's going on with these changes? So if you, if you look at the, the, the graph right now, um, so basically right before uh, this, or right now on TQ, what's, what's happening is if you hit the Bastion module and the Bastion is on, you you are basically immune to e wards, all e wards uh, essentially. Like minus ninety five. It's like really high resistance to them. Uh, ECM sensor damp, sensor dampening, target painting, uh, and weapon disruption. So both turret and guidance disruption. And then you get a very high, uh, what is it called? Scan resolution, or the uh, the rate uh, the sensor strength. You have very you have a thousand percent sensor strength right now on TQ. Okay, so so what's the practical mm, hateless or Ren? What is the practical change that's happening here? What should Marauder pilots or people who are aspiring to be Marauder pilots think about now? So uh, I'll step in here. Uh, sensor strength has a couple functions. Uh, when you are being jammed. Uh, your sensor strength is the bottom half of an equation. Uh, it's a fraction. So that's their sensor, uh, their jamming strength uh, is the top half of the fraction. And the uh, your sensor strength is the bottom half of the fraction. You calculate out the fraction, and that's your chance of being jammed. So you calculate out as a percentage. So for example, if I have a sensor strength of 20 and the jam strength is 2, I have a 1 in 10 chance of being jammed by that jam. Uh, so having that bonus uh, right now as it sits if you have a base of 20 sensor strength uh, and you siege you go from 20 to 220 uh, which is a big difference uh, this makes it very difficult to jam out of marauder uh, the ability to jam out marauders would basically nullify a marauder if you can jam it it's it's nullified it can't do damage uh, so i can't speak a lot on the pvp side uh, but what i can speak about is uh, the other effect of this uh how difficult you are to scan down uh is another fraction that is your sensor strength over your uh your uh signature radius uh sensor strength now being on the top of the equation signature radius being on the bottom that's divided and made into a whole number making uh, scanning difficulty and the higher that no, or the the closer to to one to one that ratio is, the harder you are to scan. It caps at one to one. They had to do that because slip repeats in the past. Anyways, we're not here for a history lesson on slip repeats. Yeah. Um, marauders are in today's state incredibly difficult to scan scan down. Um, if you put a single sensor booster on a marauder, you can have your sensor strength exceed your signature radius, which means that you need uh, perfect skills. Uh, and or uh, mid-grade virtues in order to scan down a marauder with any kind of expediency. Uh, that means that people in low stack and null sec uh, that are in dead space pockets uh, to be caught would need to be scanned down and to catch them, you need a strong scanner to do so. 
Um, the cat stepped on your keyboard. <laughs> yeah, she's. What's your cat signature cat. radius? Uh, my cat's signature radius is 100. Uh, yeah. She takes up the entire screen. Yeah, definitely. And then she also steps on my stream deck. And then when she gets mad, um, her fur blossoms out. And becomes... she, she doesn't get mad. She's oh. she's a totally chill cat. Oh, okay. Uh, she just wants attention right now. Um, but uh, what this means is that when you're sieged up in, in, a, uh, in, in a location, um, if, if you see a threat coming, if you see combat uh, uh, probes uh, during the 30 seconds, which you are vulnerable uh, because you cannot move, uh, you can actually, if you're paying attention, you can escape the attack. Uh, you don't actually have to fight them. You can be not where they are. Uh, this is also really useful in high sec for level formation running. Uh, not so much incursions. I think there's an incursion guy. I think Ren is here to talk about incursions, uh, but uh, they don't. They they're findable without combat scans, uh, and so it, it's really going to affect the DED guys, and it's going to affect the the guys in. Uh, I don't know how many people are actually doing it, but the level five mission runners uh, that are sieging up in in missions or dead space pockets, uh, they'll be a lot more scannable down. So reducing this from 1,000 to 100% makes them rotter significantly easier to scan down. I'm not sure how long it would take to scan them down, maybe one or two cycles. So it might still be possible if you're really alert to escape uh, somebody trying to catch you. Uh, it can be a lot more difficult than it was before uh, mm. to escape. And it's going to be the, the, the advantage goes to, to the attacker in this situation. Uh, that's really the impact that this would have. And again, uh, I do want to stress that this is on the test server. There's no patch notes or anything. Uh, CCP might just be testing it out to see what the effect is, and they might be doing half this. I we have no idea because again, it's a hobo leak. Yeah. Uh, I do want to stress that. Don't be freaking out and selling all your marauders just yet. Yeah, it's uh, a leak. Uh, anyways, uh, that's, yeah. that's my my big thoughts on it is that it just makes marauders like scan down. That's on the PVE side. Now I'm not an expert on the PVP side, so I can't speak a lot on that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll let others talk now. Uh, it's a it's hilarious how much your cat wants your hand as you're gesturing. You're just teasing it. So I kept reaching out and grabbing your arm to pull it towards it. I've never seen that before. That's hilarious. And I like the idea that your, your uh, cat's a, a hateless cat. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Renz, you also uh, know something about Marauders in the incursion setting, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. So Marauders pretty much flipped the incursion profile on its head for the first time in like 10 years, about six months ago when this happened. Instead of us all running Lashaks, we now all run Marauders. Uh, we're pushing to getting 28 to 30 Marauders per fleet. Uh, we have been expecting a re-look at the Bastion since the Bastion changes in December. Um, we were expecting it because Bastion's being unable to be scanned down, for example, we thought was pretty much OP. Uh, so in terms of what Incursion Runners is doing, this is probably the best case scenario for them because we, we were expecting this to happen somewhere along the line that this would get a revisit to balance it back out to make sure that they didn't go too far one way and they haven't touched anything that bothers us as an Incursion Runner. Hmm. So like this, the, this won't actually affect the way you use them? Um, we have 30 Marauders and the way that the... Um, um, incursions run is one person has the aggro, that one person is not in Bastion because he cannot be remote logged, and these changes don't affect him because he's not in Bastion. The other 30, 29 guys are in Bastion 
this doesn't affect them because they're not being targeted. So mm-hmm. you're going to get one guy occasionally whinging because he's getting jammed out, but like out of 40 people, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I, I do want to mention that in incursions, uh, the ability to catch the pilots that are currently flying incursions for, say, a suicide gang does not rely on combat probes. So this is part of the reason why it's not a big impact on it. Okay, good extra yeah. point there. You know, this uh, Marauders, when they were talked about, I forget who we were talking to. It was in public, I think. And they were talking ha- about how CCP really wanted to get the Marauder uh, to be like a massive PVE ship, like to really um, be this expensive ship uh, that could be out there just taking things on and destroying it and, and winning a lot of treasure, basically. But not necessarily good for PVE. And the Marauder being very expensive, sorry, PVP. Uh, the Marauder being very expensive was a lot of assets at risk while you were able to make a lot of money. And that seemed like a very fair exchange. Except that the Marauder was a little too powerful and it could kind of take on small gangs, a wolf pack that, uh, of PvP players that tried to kill it would end up dying to it. So it was a little too powerful for, for the weakness that it needed to have. And it looks like this hits the PvP weak spot. Yeah, um, I'm going to jump in here and, and just say I completely agree with you. Um, Notice they've done nothing to touch the damage because so you know a couple of months ago, as Ren alluded to, the change that happened like in December was that Marauders became uh, I won't say overpowered, but like reasonably well powered. Uh, they got a good damage buff, so nothing's done, not, nothing's been done to change that. This makes them a little bit more susceptible to E War in certain scenarios, and as we've just looked at, there's. A handful of scenarios of PvE where it might affect it, but for the main top-end gameplay of PvE, which a lot of people consider incursions to be, this doesn't really affect them. What I think this really will affect is those solo or very small gang marauder pilots going out there with probably a Varger and just absolutely wrecking everybody, absolutely everything, and and just becoming almost unstoppable. Um, A nice blink-fit marauder literally could... You know, what a decent pilot can absolutely make mince meat of, of fairly large, uh, well, small to mid-sized gangs. Uh, you know, one guy could easily wreck five to ten guys. Mm. But now you got to let one or two rookies in a, in a Tech 1 E-War frigate, and all of a sudden this Marauder pilot's going to be in a lot more trouble. What did you say? I'll to... play on the other. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead, and then we'll go back to uh, Hey, let's go ahead. So I'll play on the other side, of, uh, which is level five or level four missions in HiSec. Uh, so right now, oh, that's the, true, yeah. The, yeah, the biggest thing, so uh, the Marauder was introduced for high-end solo uh, PvE, right? For so incursions, I wouldn't consider it as a solo thing, right? It's technically made for fleet. Um, so what this, what, what the Marauder is really made for, I, I think, is either high-level uh, missions, like level 5 uh, in low sec or level 4 in high sec, or no sec escalation running. So with the nerf to the uh, sensor strength, it essentially removes that. Uh, it, right now, it's very easy to scan down. It's not very easy, but it's way easier compared to uh, right now on TQ uh, to scan, scan them down, which means that they're not really safe because they're basically uh, a standing target for you to shoot down. They can move for 30 seconds when they're in, uh, in Bastion. Yeah, if, if uh, you can't, 
get away from being attacked uh, before they scan you down. Uh, basically, marauders are free for the picking for anybody hunting. Uh, the time it takes to scan it down needs to be more than the time uh, that it takes to get out of siege and be able to move. Uh, just for balance of being able to evade being ganked or attacked, uh, I, I feel like that, that that would only be reasonable. It'd be unfair to say, hey, I hit this button, and if somebody happens to pop in the system right when I hit this button, scan me down, I'm dead, and there's literally nothing I can do about it. That's not reasonable gameplay. Yeah, so in that sense, it's more pushing, let's say, a rattlesnake or a macario uh, towards the line of NOSEC escalations. Uh, because in NOSEC, you always get uh, that kind of uh, ex- expanded probe-fitted uh, sabers or flycatchers that can very fast travel to your escalation place and bubble you up and then wait for the rest of their fleet comes in. And this also uh, disproportionately hit um, NOSEC anomaly running as well. Do you want me to go into that? Yeah. Don't you just de-scan those guys down anyway? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yes, but this is PVE side. So uh, for Gristas, they do ECM. So if any, so if any like uh, rats that's targeting you, either I think it's battleship or um, or cruiser, it will do ECM. Just a chance that it's a U warship. So before, let's say you can use um, a, a, a golem right with normal torpedoes or cruise missiles fitted. Right now, it can't. Um, usually, uh, it will be ECM'd, and you will have a hard time to target them. So the only viable option right there is the auto-targeting missile uh, golem. To, um, to hold on. Hold on. Whatever's ECMing you, you can target kill, and then the ECM drops. So you just have to adjust your target priority to kill the things that jam you first. Yeah, um, I was just, sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, that sounds like a It's going to be a modification to what you're doing. Um, yeah, Marauders also point. have just going to point this out, Marauders also have an abnormally high base sensor strength uh, when they got the, the buff, one of the small lines that people didn't pick up on very quickly was that their base sensor strength uh, for all four of them went up by nine uh, over the 15 most battleships don't have that kind of sensor strength so they already have an abnormally high and then with I'd, 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 I'd like to see it be more than 100% but I could see why a thousand percent is too much um, but again the equation that I explained they're already abnormally high and NPC rats I believe only have a uh, jamming strength of one or two that still means that one in ten jam attempts will hit you uh, it's not like you're just going to get jammed every time. You're 10 times more likely, but 10 times more likely than 1% is 2%. So that's for Gristas. And for Serpentis, it sends their damp, uh, which is more annoying to some people, right? Uh, let's say, again, running a golem, um, your target range will be reduced uh, if you have a lot of those E-War rats on grid, uh, which, uh, again, auto-targeting missile uh, golem will fix this problem. Um, and then moving on to Angel, uh, not really a problem with target painting. Uh, you're already a stationary target that's a battleship, so it's already big enough. And uh, the, the Angel use uh, some um, missiles, but mainly projectile weapons. So it doesn't really matter. And it comes to the Sansha part. Uh, they do turret disruptions. 
so it's only two turrets. So that means a paladin uh, right now is somewhat uh, unviable in a central space because a lot of times, let's say if your escalation were just you know very hard anomaly like Sanctum or Haven, you get sometimes uh, seven, eight, or even ten battleships or uh, frigates or uh, uh, elite cruisers that will do ewards. And it's very annoying when you when you have reduced range and reduced tracking at the same time. So again, so using a golem will fix that problem. It's going from ninety five to fifty percent ewar resist. Ewar from NPCs is minor compared to what players can do. Yeah, um, but they're ten on the grid. It's annoying. It, it can be. I, I've seen some ridiculous numbers from angels making my Macario, you know, three, four kilometer signature radius. Like they're kind of silly when they stack up. But at the same time, you can fix these problems with a minor adjustment to your fit. You can change a mid slot to a sensor booster as uh, I didn't think of it. Uh, SM Hobo did. Uh, thank you for reminding me that that exists. But you can run uh, a sensor strength or a locking range script on a sensor booster. Uh, that would also. Uh, help with the uh, being combat probe down as well, uh, and would largely offset it. Not not completely offset it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, there. I, I, I'm just thinking about the engagement range of the profile of a marauder for ratting, and they want to engage close because they want to use their close range weapons because the damage is at. Uh, they're already close. You're being sensor damped. They also recently got a buff to their locking range. They went from 115 to 130, 135 with kilometer locking range on base, meaning that this isn't going to hurt them very bad. If you get 75% sensor damped, you still have 30, 40 kilometer lock range. You're still going to be able to hit everything in that haven. Uh, but the problem comes in uh, when NPC dread spawns. So you always have to assume there will be one, and you have to be prepared for that. So usually people do kite in somewhat of a range. Uh, let's say I have a range of um, 40, I will, I will warp to 30. Just in case, if there's an NPC dread uh, that will spawn at the end, which would be deadly if it's at zero. Uh, yeah, and then for, for the Sancho part, okay. just, a golem will have no problem with turret destruction. And then for Blood Raiders, we just let me finish this. For Blood Raiders, they use Newt, uh, which has no uh, any, like, it's not any sort of E-War, so it's fine, but Again, uh, nude in general is very deadly to marauders. I think that's what you said. Yes, nudes are terrifying to marauders. Uh, yeah. Marauders hate nudes. And that's what I was going back for, hateless. Um, just give us a little more color on how marauders are weak to cap warfare. Um, so marauders are strong, uh, but they depend on their capacitor in order to run their reps. You can tank obscene numbers with Marauders, but they're sensitive to cap warfare. Uh, you can cut up this with cap boosters, but you can only carry so many. Uh, so that's that's kind of their mitigating factor. It, a, a Marauder can literally tank 60, 70 catalysts and just bat it without batting an eye at it. Uh, nice. They are the whole absolutely fleet. silly. Yeah, you, you can straight up counter an entire ganking fleet with a single Marauder. Um, it's possible, uh, but at the same time, as soon as they get hit by newts, all that is gone. Uh, it's they they need their cap. They're they're very dependent on it. And you start hitting them with newts, uh, your effective HP per second that you can tank and maintain your cap drops drastically as you get more newt pressure. That is their number one weakness. And I think that uh, 
maybe instead of making them weak to jams, maybe you can make them more vulnerable to e-war. I, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm not, uh, I'm not an expert in PvP, uh, but there's more options to uh, maybe expose their weakness a little bit more uh, and, and keep the strengths that they have because they, they do have that weakness and that weakness should be exploited to counter them. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, the other use case of Marauders is in C5 wormholes, especially for blue loot. I don't think this is going to matter too much to them there. Uh, I don't think that they're going to care in that situation very yeah. much uh, because you're in a wormhole. Uh, if you're on a combat site, you're not being uh, combat probed down, and you're in a wormhole. So if you're going to get caught before, you're still going to get caught now. Uh, and the fits are not PvP uh, made for doing that. But like I said, I don't do that. Uh, I just kind of can theorize how the fittings would look and kind of extrapolate from there. Uh, yeah, well, uh, in, a, in the wormhole, um, I mean, it's dead the second you take it in anyway, you know, in your mind. So actually losing it uh, isn't going to make too much of a difference from the wormhole side, to be honest. At most, you're still only going to lose one. They make bank, uh, by the way. Just yeah. saying. For the PvP ones, uh, usually, like, that's already figured out to some degree. So what, let's say a marker fitted with uh, 800 repeating. Uh, in the mislaws, you fit two extra large ancillary uh, shield boosters, so you run one when you get hit, and when the other one reloads, you run the other one. So as no matter if I'm muted or not, uh, I can still do the exact same uh, DPS and tank the exact same, uh, no matter you're, if I have cap or not. You're not wrong, but then you run out of cap boosters and your cap's gone. But yeah, for, yeah, for, for that situation, it's fine. In, in PvP, you're going to run out of cap boosters. Yeah, it depends on how long you can tank for, right? Hmm. And also for the PvE stuff, like uh, compromising a miss loss uh, is kind of uh, deadly to to some marauders, uh, especially shield tank ones. Uh, they already rely on their shield tank uh, to 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 either uh, to either tank their tank the DPS on the site or apply, right? For example, the Golem has bonus to target painter, right? And it has seven uh, miss loss. So right now you only have six to tank and if you have a micro jump drive and stuff like that. So uh, keep uh, taking away one extra miss loss is kind of problematic in some situations. You should try the Paladin with only four mid slots. It's basically um, for PvP. I, I, I do want to mention... But you for, for slot layout and cap dependency, uh, both of the armor ships are cap guns, so you have to expend cap. The Kronos and the Paladin use cap for their guns. They do have a naturally stronger capacitor than the Golem and the uh, Varger, but the Golem and Varger uh, don't have as strong of a base cap, but they don't use cap for their weapons. And it is they're pretty much in line with each other. Base Marauder with weapons shooting its close from JMO uh, has between 10 and 18 cat, uh, gigajoules per second on base to spare. Uh, you can use for stuff like boosters and whatnot. Uh, of course, that gets multiplied by batteries and cap rechargers and cap boosters, but that's about the base where they're balanced around. Uh, and uh, the Paladin is the one that really suffers the most. It, 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 it only gets plus five cap or so. 
And it's it needs an extra mid. <laughs> Give the Paladin an extra mid and some more CPU. I'd say take a low off the paladin and give it to the uh, give it to a mid and it'd help it out a lot. No, just no, give it an extra mid. Yeah, just give it. Yeah, 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 just, just give it a mid. It, it does suffer for, from CPU, so that, that that might be fair. But I, I think adding a whole slot to it might make it a little bit more powerful than the other marauders. And kind of CPU like that. is so rough to get to fit. But uh, I did. Yeah, I did. Doesn't it have eight lows or is it seven lows? I, I can't remember. Seven. It's seven, and maybe adding a mid might be uh, reasonable because it also has seven lows, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. The paladin is, from what I understand from PvPs, the paladin is almost useless for PvP. Hmm. I because... do have an application where it's absolutely fantastic, and buffing it would absolutely break it for that. If, if you added a mid for that, it, it would break it. Well, the issue is you want to use a micro jump drive, a micro warp drive, a point. A cap booster and a web. Well, there's five mids and Paladin only has four. So before you even start looking at sensor boosters or anything like that, you're struggling. I mean, if you're flying a Paladin yeah. without someone flying a saber beside you, you're you're wasting your time. But <laughs> yeah, Vargas, right. Vargas, and Golems, and um... yeah, and to to, to that point, like Marauders uh, does have a very good cap to start with. But the problem is, like most of the time. Uh, the situations that you need to use mortars are always situations where you tank a lot. So usually you fit, let's say, shield tank, uh, extra large shield boosters, and uh, another shield boost amplifier, stuff like that. So the slot is already kind of restrained in that sense. Okay. So that is what uh, we think uh, might show up in the game. This is all on the test server. It's nothing official from CCP. They haven't sent out any word of changes, but uh, players scraped the databases and found there were some changes to the bastion that would so 100 this could just be a mod goofing around on the test server Unlikely. or a developer goofing around on the test server uh we, we've seen it happen before I, but i haven't seen that much but uh we do know that the paladin sorry the uh we do know the marauder is op at the moment so this might be something they're experimenting with maybe they turn it down they're just trying to figure out like where to put it but something's going to happen, it looks like. Okay, thank you guys for going over that in such detail. Uh, let's look at some other stuff here. What do we got here? This, um, which one should we hit next? Should we hit Womp Alliance or should we hit the... Uh, I think we just briefly show the building material for the covered uh, Sino Beacon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's also but leaked. Oh. Yeah, so the, um, they mentioned it briefly, and it was kind of added. But... Oh, I, I actually uh, put it up earlier. I thought it was part of this. Covert Mobile Sinosaurial Beacon Blueprint. What do you want to point out there? Uh, just very standard stuff. So for industrialists, to get an idea. It is on um, Hobolix right now, and uh, you can see it does require gravitate, uh, Graviton Physics 4 and Electromagnetic Physics 4. So it's Kind of high scale, but not really. And the, um, I think uh, the yes, BPO is, is that to deploy it or to build it? To build, yeah. to build, yeah. Okay. And usually, uh, sinusoral and cloaky stuff requires, um, I think. Well, uh, a covert, sorry, skills. a covert. Yeah, uh, a sino or an industry sino is just covert or 
a normal sinusoidal field or a industry sinusoidal requires sinusoidal one, but the covert is five. And that's, you know, four to five is like a 30 day train in and of itself. So it is very skill intensive to be able to use a regular covert sino. Uh, so I just want to say having these around in null sec is going to make black ops really powerful. They're already yeah, I silly. I, I, I was watching Bjorn B fly a, a, a Panther today and it blew my mind. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a I good pilot really too. Like I, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm surprised they didn't require, uh, honestly, slightly higher skill requirements to build it be, just because of the, the sheer skill requirements of using a covert sino. You mean like um, five graviton physics five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. It's also or, or like a twenty-seven day train, so maybe they didn't want to put that close to a month. Maybe they wanted that. This is just to build it. Maybe they need these to be plentiful. You know. Um, I don't know if you require Sino five to deploy it. I have to check that. Hmm. And I think also, um, you know, if you don't need Sino five, maybe if you only need Sino four to deploy it, it would be a lot easier. I imagine you need Sino five though because otherwise it'd be a little bit too OP. So do do we have stats on this module at all? Like how hard it is to scan one of them, how hard it is to find one or kill them? Yeah, basically the same as the um, the module that was introduced, the normal Sino The decloaker? Mobile. No, 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 the, oh. the mobile Sino uh, beacon mm. that came out Sorry, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah how, how difficult are the combat scan? No, I'll have to get the stats. Up I, I don't know the scan, but they're about 40. Those are about 40 million. Sorry. Yeah, 40 million each. And to destroy, they were pretty easy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but to scan down, I don't know how, how hard it is to find them. Yeah, because that's that's going to be a big deal. If these are, uh, uh, we're going to have a return of, it, it's probably even a good thing. Uh, but with the Black Ops buff, uh, I kind of envision a system being built by the null blocks where they can defend their space with black ops. You would have these set up around and then you'd be writing in your system. Somebody would call, Hey, somebody's stealing my ESS. All the black ops jumped to that system, defend the ESS, then jump back to wherever they're farming Mm -hmm. and then just go back to farming. I get black ops with their damage buff. They might be effective farming ships. They might not be the most effective thing, but they can participate in home defense if they can move around quickly like that. Meta that might get fleshed out in the future. Uh, I might be overthinking, and I'm not. Again, I don't do PvP. I don't live out in Nullsec, so I don't know how these things yeah. actually end up playing out. Well, where so we think just... this might be interesting, where we think this might be interesting, if you heard Gobbins talk on his town halls, a lot of interesting stuff in that town hall. You should listen to that episode uh, that we did a few days ago. Uh, it's called uh, Gobbins and Vince Strachan and what the war leaders are saying. So that is... Uh, he explains that, look, if blops are going to get an adjustment that makes them stronger, basically, uh, and you have this here that we're talking about, the uh, covert mobile Sino beacon, then uh, you may see uh, basically the, the gate camped, the walled off city of 1DQ, basically, become porous. If they can sneak into the backfield... Um, with these, uh, with this new equipment, they can, you know, dig a hole underneath the uh, uh, the castle walls and get in there and rake some havoc. You may see some things start to kind of loosen up in in this stalemate of the war that's happening in Delve, which will be very interesting. So it's interesting to watch this sort of thing. Go ahead, Shane. Um, I got some. Sorry, can I just yeah. jump in here? Yeah. I got some stats for you. So this covert mobile sinusoidal beacon, it will require anchoring five to deploy it. 
Mm. It will require sinusoidal field theory to deploy it. And it will require CPU management five, which is meaningless. But Sino five, I mean, that that's a month at least. And anchoring five, that's another like 20-ish day train all the way up to five. So but a lot of people have skill intensive. But a lot of people have Sino fives. Uh, a lot of older players have Sino fives. They oh, needed wow. it. They needed it yeah. in order to fit the fuel, I believe, inside of the free rookie ship that they used to get. Now, that was a long time ago. But I still think a lot of people have Sino fives. So, so I just I just linked a stat in the channel. So if you want to see, um, link it where? But, uh, in podcast. But it is uh, it has twice the uh, it's basically at twice the hit points of a of a mobile depot, roughly the same signature radius. It's four hundred meters versus five hundred meters for the mobile depot. So a little bit harder to kill. But uh, almost about the same to scan down. Shouldn't be too difficult to scan down with half decent skills. Um, it only lasts an hour, though. I mean, that's kind of key, right? So I, I think Hayless made a good point that people will probably keep these on hand and be dropping these. And with the the buff to the Black Opses and the Black Ops conduit jumps, you could definitely see a lot more uh, power projection with Black Ops. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You might see uh, the people who are behind the walls in Delve use this to excursion out a bit more. Although they are, you know, killing um, unsuspecting ships that are dropping on them. You might see a little more power projection coming from them, which might make things interesting. All changes will work both ways. But uh, maybe uh, Imperium will benefit less from changes like this because their situation is so or less singular. They're the ones that are trapped inside of, I'll call it trapped, right? They're the ones that are reduced down to one constellation. So they have less play scenarios than uh, the people who aren't. Okay, Uh, there's something else that came through. There's some changes that we just saw to, not there or there or there or there or there. Or God, do I have to go to the very beginning? No, here it is. It's the last one. And this is CCP Paradox talking about Hunter's Boon, which is coming up. Uh, it should be hitting Tranquility sometime soon. This is the next patch that's on its way. Some changes here. So this is an update. Again, this is on Singularity, which is CC. It's the same thing. It's the test server. Why didn't we lead with this? Okay, so these changes are coming. So the changes that we <laughs> saw on Hubble Leaks are probably coming with this announcement. This changes everything that I said. This is probably coming. Well, it doesn't change everything I said, but the speculation is less speculation and probably more likely to be realistic. Okay. Our researchers missed this. This was posted 12 hours ago. Uh, Hobo Leaks was probably before this. Uh, but why don't you tell us what this says, what this means? Um, this means that it's more likely to happen, uh, and it probably will happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm reading this from the stream. I might be a little delayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another update this patch in Singularity right now. We are adjusting the attribute in the Bastion module slightly with the following changes. Reducing target panel resistance to 50, weapon disruption resistance to 50, uh, target resistance to 50, and reducing sensor strength bonus to 200%. So before it said 100%. Uh, now it's 200%, so it's a little bit more, and then removal of ETM resistance. Uh, and it sounds like that they're also going to add some uh, CPU to the Pathfinder, which is exciting for the Pathfinder. I, I love that little shit, by the way. It's, it's amazing. It just got a buff. I'm super happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is basically what we just talked about, except the sensor strength is a little bit higher than what we we're uh, discussing. I don't know exactly how that's going to affect uh, scanning it down. Uh, that's the part that I care the most about 
but them keeping a little bit of EOR resistance is really good for them, as they're not really uh, dreadnoughts, so they shouldn't be completely immune to EOR, uh, but they are. They should have part of that resistance. Uh, so that's honestly, looking at this from looking at uh, the Hobo Leaks patch, uh, I feel a little bit better about this. this is 200 instead of 100. So this is more realistic. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if CCP. I'd like to see it to be like three, 350, but 200 is probably better for PvP because it can be jammed, but it can't be easily jammed, if that makes sense. But if it's 300, 350% or 500%, then it becomes almost impossible to jam. It's probably in a good spot with this. But again, they're probably still going to tinker with it a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if CCP actually leaked out bad information on hobo leaks to to just remind people that those are leaks. Those aren't from them. So here is the official, and that's what we're seeing. So so a lot of what we talked about earlier, because we went on at length, is still applicable, just not as severe as it was. And it's more likely this will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably somebody in this room more expertise than me in this situation. Uh, this is probably going to be better as a marauder is not just going to be... Uh, uh, which we call it uh, jammed by a, a Kieran, and the Kieran just going to orbit it at 100 kilometers. Uh, Two but, hours later, and then on a PVE side, uh, from PVP point, I believe the base Marauder is like 24 sensor strength, so 200% bonus. So that brings it up to like 96. That's about one quarter of its signature radius, almost, which would make pretty difficult to scan down uh, so you'd probably be able to drop siege and get away before they successfully got on grid with you they you down before you drop siege uh but you would be able to get off grid uh rather than still being sitting there with your pants down uh and on you uh, so this is probably okay so the marauder changes this is a little more official we'll give these to you and we'll make sure that those are posted inside the show notes as well oops that in the wrong place but i'll give this here to chat just now there you go that's what's official uh last thing we wanted to take on i believe is well what's the shen why don't you lead us in the next thing that we were going to talk about okay so uh weapon of mass production uh so the next group that we interviewed uh, a few episodes back uh so right now uh so they moved from geminate their campaign in geminate failed essentially uh right now they're joining uh, wrecking crew and they're part of wrecking crew so they're moving to uh catch right now catch what uh, one, one constellation in catch in particular yeah one constellation in catch and it's the constellation that's right beside teneriffus yeah you can see teneriffus is uh, right here in the middle of this constellation so they have uh, and i believe that connects to qtac s that's the only thing it could We'll zoom in. Uh, so this location is very close to Drakari's and yeah. Red, so Imperium in general is kind of dangerous. And uh, in Teneriffus, it's kind of like a wildland right now. It's us, AOM, and our friend XX. Uh, but that's about it. And then for some reason, Dreadbomb claimed all of the uh, TCU. <laughs> Territorial claim units. We asked them about that. Was it a ploy in there? I think they just basically just wanted to do it. And there's no real It reason. looks cool, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, WAMP has the, the iHub now in their, whatever they've declared as their home system. Yeah. You can see they're coming in here. These two systems in Burgundy are theirs. All right, so that's in catch on the border of Teneriffus, and that is where 
Womp uh, is ending up. They have a whole little thing going, right? They have a little culture. They have little inside uh, jokes and they, uh, cheerful fellows. And started yeah, by a relatively new guy. Yeah, Tanek started uh, his... He, he just started playing the game. He started a YouTube series and he ended up growing and growing, doing industry, moved to Losec, got kicked out, moved to Nullsec, got kicked out, moved to a different part of Nullsec. I'm not... I'm not I don't mean to be mm-hmm. derogatory. That's I'm just right, saying very right. quickly. Yeah. He's, he's moved around a lot. Uh, definitely putting a great thing together there. You should definitely go back and watch the show. It was a really good interview. And I mean, speaking about the culture, just check out the comments on that video. I mean, they're like 90% of people shouting Womp. Uh, if you fly through their space, they shout "Womp at you." Uh, great, great bunch of guys. Um, I've happened to run into a few of them. They've been very nice. Yeah, we hear good stuff. I'll go ahead and put that video. I popped it up for a second, but uh, here it is now. You can watch that later. That's our interview with their CEO, and uh, he told us about their organization. Okay. One last thing. Um, what's this about the uh, API calls? Uh, the take one. Oh uh, yeah, Eve Who. Uh, Eve, Eve Who's been yeah. kind of slowed down the last while. Um, there was a the code that took the calls basically was having issues and wasn't error logging it. So uh, when they found the problem, there was millions and millions of of pilots that had to be processed in a backlog. So the backlog has been uh, corrected and up to date, and now everything should be up to date and taken ahead as normal. So if there was any like if you tried to use this and you noticed there wasn't, it was not updating or it was slow, you couldn't get information. That's why. So it's, it's mm. been up to date. Someone told me that they were told not to talk to us in local. Maybe it's just me, but when I flew through there, I got a couple of womps thrown at me. I was, that was kind of nice. <laughs> I got womps thrown at me. <laughs> Can we define a womp aside from womp, womp, womp? Uh, weapons of mass production. They, yeah, they W-O-M-P. I, I don't know what they do when they womp, but they definitely be vocal about their womping. Hey, let's look at these largest alliances. I just saw Ooh, army. What group is this? Where where exactly? What region are they in? Catch. They just well, they're Catch. moving. They're in transition right now. They were. They're they right here. might be expecting a dread on Tuesday. Ah, <laughs> are you thinking of nice. visiting them? Nice. Give them something to shoot. If they want to womp. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give them something to shoot. That that sounds like fun. Sounds good. All right, this. Um, I was just looking at Eve Who, and I thought, well, here we have the largest alliances, and Silent Company being the biggest, they're at 34,000. Uh, Goonswarm at 28.9 thousand, basically 29,000 Pandemic Horde. I am a little surprised at Pandemic Horde's size, and they've lost uh, 1,500 people because they're constantly cleaning out, I suppose. Um, but they're really only 6,000 behind, is that right? Maybe 7,000. Behind uh, Goon Swarm, uh, Goon Swarm's been around a long time. Pandemic Horde is mm, relatively new in comparison. But Fraternity is uh, 17,000, 17,500. That is quite, quite big for a group that's been around as long as they have, which is not very long at all. They're actually bigger than Test. I didn't know that. I thought Test was uh, about the same size, if not bigger. So Brave Collection comes in at 14,000. Uh, and so Brave and Test are, yeah, Brave and Test are about 3,000 uh, people uh, or uh, characters difference. That's not a lot for these big, big groups. 
And well, those are the big boys. Glue, you know, if you glue Brave to the back of Test, and they're about the size of goons. Yeah, together they are. Well, here's where the difference is, though. Then you jumped from 14,000 way down to about 5,500 for Army of Mango Alliance, which is where Shin's from. So, huge difference. Yeah, I would say like our number is kind of inflated to some degree. Oh, so uh, it's not even that. Oh, that's yeah. probably not a good thing to say out loud for your <laughs> side on the stream. Well, he's honest. It's, funny. it's like that. Well, like, let's just say we, 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 we said that in our um, alliance meeting, and then that's basically leaked to fraternity. And fraternity is probably the only group that cares about that. Yeah. So, so it's actually 17 people and then over 5,500 PIOs. Yeah, so you see 5,500, uh, 5, it's more like 3,000 ish. Still a lot, you know? <laughs> 3,000. Here's one of my favorite corporations over here because it has the largest corporations. And you have Pro Synergy is still in the top 10. It was number one for a long time. Uh, but it got. Uh, passed up by other groups but pro synergy used to be uh and the guy that ran it actually comes around enzio and he used to match new players with people who were running missions whether they were new or not and the new players would get to go and uh or not new players but players that weren't up to combat yet could go and uh loot the uh, uh loot and pick up the wreckage that missioning players were doing so he would put that he would broker that together and that was really good for, for players that were, you know, coming into EVE, but weren't ready to fight anything, even missions. And they were able to make money by just going and scavenging uh, wrecks. And then the uh, guys that were running the missions, they were just like, you know, whatever. I think maybe they even got a little bit of payment or something. I'm not sure. Kind of a cool service that's been around. That happened in the, I want to say like eight years ago. That was Yeah, it right. happened in like the back of beyond. That's fantastic. They're still going. I don't know if they're still doing that service, but Pro Synergy is the group that did that. So that was cool. Okay, well, it's Friday, and i uh, give you guys a, a chance to say anything else that you want to say before we take off. Uh, uh, if, if you guys are looking for anything to do, you should watch the last two shows from the last two days. There were some great interviews with uh, a variety of characters, you know, from humble, uh, everyday people to some, you know, fantastic masturbators out there. There was... Um, <laughs> You had to say it. <laughs> Masters at baiting. Yes. Baiting at Yes, yeah, yeah. The with the with with the supers. Really interesting uh interview and video. And uh yeah, do the do the destroyer thing. I mean I'm actually looking forward to do some two V twos. Yep. Awesome. All right. Uh you guys anybody else? Hateless, how's your cat? How's your hateless cat? Uh, she's doing good. She kind of wandered off, and I do want to, uh, if we're saying ending notes, I want you guys to, uh, everybody that's watching this is still here, bring people up, teach new players things, uh, bring people up, don't tear them down. I, I love seeing the positivity in every, everywhere I go, uh, for the most part, I see a lot of positivity and a lot of people helping each other, and I love seeing that, and I would love to see more of it. Keep bringing each other up. All right, that's a great note to end on. All right, guys, thanks very much for coming around. We'll shoot you over to Open Comms where you can party for the rest of the night, a couple hours, hang out with the guys talking about even everything else under the sun. We're done here at Talking in Stations for the week. We'll be back on Sunday with a weekend uh, delivery of the weekend review. 
Also, we have some new faces that'll be on uh, that we've uh, added to Talking In Station. So we'll save the surprise for then. Until then, thanks very much. And we will see you next time on Talking In Stations.